0: Hey, 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 if this is your first time listening to my podcast, my name is Dorian Branch, and Off the Court with Dorian is my show. If you need to follow me on socials to get any updates, to know who's going to be on the podcast, follow me at underscore Dorian Branch, D-O-R-I-A-N-B-R-A-N-C-H. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram to get updates on the show. And here we go. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Court with Dorian. Today we have a different kind of guest, but a very special guest, Mr. Kenneth Davis. He's a UH Senator at the University of Houston. Everybody knows our school is a PWI, so this is a big accomplishment. And so I'ma let Kenneth give y'all the rundown of what it is being a UH Senator and how he got the position. What made you want to get this position and and talk a little bit about that to start off?
1: All right. What's up? It's it's a pleasure to be on this podcast and um, let me just get right into it. So the first question is what made me be um, senator? Okay, so I always wanted to branch out and not I wanted to work with different types of people. And my previous work is, like, working and having different positions within, um, I guess people can say, Black UH, essentially all the Black student organizations, all in one thing. And I always had the vision for myself when I came into UH to, like, just open up my experience and working with different types of people, and not just within one realm, but different realms and different avenues to grow as a leader, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um SGA was always on my mind. I was just seeing how I was going to do it. Interestingly enough, um, the president that's the president now of SGA, her name is Jasmine Kadamikbari. She was doing some recruiting. And I want to say the winter break, she was, I guess, DMing people, giving people's phone calls. And she liked my social media presence. And I guess she's seen Kenny Goes Live, one of my um, broadcasts that I have. And I guess she the work I was doing and she was like okay she wants this guy so she sent me a message i seen the message and by the grace of God I mean we're here so that's it just it was a prayer and I didn't know how when it was going to come about but it just came and I was like this could not come at the perfect time and everything was just falling into place of how I wanted to do things
0: okay okay and getting deeper into it what Kind of goals do you have for being a senator and for helping out, like you said, Black UH which means all the black student organizations that are on campus?
1: So the thing that I'm like trying to work with is so being on the front lines of like student organizations, you hear a lot of problems that that the students need help with. And it's a lot of concerns and you rarely see those things being acted upon. And I'm a man of action by heart. So I'm going to make sure that I make sure I don't promise things because that's like, that's a big thing, but I make sure that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And like when you hear a lot of, Problem from the people and also your own community, you have to do something about it, especially when you're a leader at heart and you're not doing this for any um, personal agenda. It's it's always for the people and the well-being for the people. So that was just my whole goal with me just getting into. So I heard about a lot of problems and that's my goal moving into into SGA. So now that I'm a senator, um, undergraduate at large with SGA, I'm going any initiative that I've heard in the past, I'm going to be garnering all those things and developing bills for them to see what we can do and also communicate was a big communication that i seen that was a big problem that these things that happen at UH, like some of these initiatives that people bring forth, people okay. take for granted. Like one thing that like some people don't even know what SGA um, is and what they have done on campus. So they was a they was responsible for the TDECU stadium. They was responsible for um, the Student Center North. They was also responsible to making for Moody one of the dining halls at UH having more halal food. Um, and just making the whole variety add Moody better. And there's various types of things too, and they increased the minimum wage. So just having that communication there, especially with the community that I'm coming that I'm coming out of and still a part of to let them know, look, this is something that we're working on. This is something that are in the process of being worked on. And these are things that happened in the past and it's a lot. So that's, I'm just trying to develop that communication there. And also, you know, there's so many problems. I just want to fix it. So like parking, I mean, some people don't understand that we cannot work with parking. So it's like, it's a different type of room. Right. we get into deeper and it's it's just a lot.
0: Parking is definitely something that I wanted to talk with you about just to see on that because anybody that goes to UH knows how bad the parking is. We know how much the parking passes are. Just speaking for myself, I lived on campus for all four years and each year, parking went up higher every year and each year parking got worse meaning like I was paying this much money to park where I live at but I still wasn't able to park there all the time it's not like a 100% guarantee you know and so Mm -hmm. I do I am curious to know how the parking
1: system really works at the school. So just based on me just looking from the outside looking in in a way but me still being a student at UH I don't pay for parking and I don't drive but I can drive it's just a different type of situation with me but I am I Thanks. I'm not going to act oblivious on what people that drive and have parking passes go through. And it's it's a big it's a big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I lost a campaign that was called Survive UH Parking with BSU. So <laughs> I know it, 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 it's apparent <laughs> to me. So the thing is, is what I've noticed is that, so the parking is its own different type of entity. It's not part of UH, so they say. So obviously, I think these parking garages, they're paid for by loan. And these parking passes and all these tickets... I guess that's all combining to help pay off these loans. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to pay it off? The mm-hmm. students, essentially. So that's what it seems like. Now, the big trouble is if the students ask for more parking, how are you supposed to give it to them? You know, and it's kind of uh, really—it's not—it's something really shaky when you look at it. Because if you go back, if it's like a survey that was that was launched for the students to fill out to see if the UH needed more parking, parking, then it, it, it's it's some trouble within there. And then some people may ask, you know, why is parking at the garage so much? Mm -hmm. Well, what I can see is that well, yeah, it is a lot. I don't, I just don't know why it's a lot. I mean, if the loan on that parking garage was so much, they're trying to pay it off quicker. So that's what I'm seeing with there. And just me noticing that bit is what some students don't know. And it's kind of mind blowing. But if the students ask for the parking, I can kind of see where the disconnect is in a way, but it's just so much like we, there's people that can't even survive on campus. There's homeless students on campus, there's different types of things. And we're just trying to get by without even our tuition alone. So with parking coming, to play with it being nine hundred a thousand dollars just to park in a garage is this a disconnect for sure.
0: Yeah. And going back to what you said before we started talking about parking, talking about Black UH and talking about hearing the struggles from Black UH, taking that to SGA where you are now a leader. I kind of can relate to that as well because I'm the student athlete advisory committee president, right? The SAC president for a student athlete. And in that position what I tried to do was I tried to listen to the student-athletes, all of them, and see some things that they wanted changes with. I tried to make those changes. Or some student-athletes feel like they don't get to mingle with other, you know, sports as much. So I tried to do different events. And then, of course, the biggest initiative for our conference when it comes to the sports is Powerful Minds, which is a mental health initiative that the conference came up with. So I did a lot of workshops and things like that, just listening to people and making change. And so I I think with you being able to listen to the people of the community that you come from and be able to go and make that change, it'll really have a positive effect on how black people can essentially adjust to being at a PWI, you know, because that's a big debate sometimes and why you go to UH, why you didn't go to Texas Southern. But I think that if us as the community stay together, voice problems, change problems have somebody like you in a very high leadership position then they'll be able to change things
1: for sure for sure and i definitely uh, agree so it's like it's coming into spaces that you didn't even think you'd be able to cross like even going to sj events you rarely see leaders from black uh to that Across those spaces. Mm-hmm. Like even before me, like if you look back at our history and you look at the leaders of Black UH that was on the front lines of Black UH, you see that some of them have ran for us yet. In certain areas, things weren't successful. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm grateful for this because it could have been unfortunate for me as well. So I think this is like a calling, you know? So mm-hmm. I have to, it's like, you've been on the front lines and now you're, Getting a taste of the university, sort of like a whole. So now yeah. it's my duty to like make it like normalize the SG event to make sure. Hey, you know what's a big thing is our meetings. They're open to the public, and not a lot of the pub, not a lot of the students mm-hmm. attend those. So it's all it's working with. How are you marketing those events as well? Like which spaces are they reaching? So I need. I'm what I'm planning on working as we progress and have meetings. I'm gonna make sure BSU hear about it. I'm gonna make sure that um, Collegiate 100 make hear about it. And using all my connections that I was part of in the past and all my relationship to progressively merge everything right. together. Right. Because when all those problems that I was hearing about from these students, when we had these town halls with NAACP and um, when we had these mental health awareness events and these sexual assault call-of-action events, mm-hmm. they can be now on the front line for SJ so they can hear about it and make these initiatives because these are people that are meeting with executives. They're meeting with administrators. They're meeting with advisors and they're constructing bills. Once you construct those bills, they get voted on and then they're put into action and you see change within UH.
0: Right. But you can't see change without that support. And I think the support is mm-hmm. the most important. That's, that's the most important thing. And that's probably like the issue that we do have as a community is supporting <laughs> one another. Once we do cross that line, get to that next step and try to actually put the changes into action. For
1: sure. And it's like, and I'm, I'm big on the type of energy you give is the type of energy you get Mm -hmm. so and with the black community it's like I'm the crab mentality is no is no secrets so I think we have to step out of that as well that's really prevalent within the community is that crab mentality you know only one person get get at the top and just the pridefulness and things of that sort is just eating people alive Mm -hmm. so I just make sure that I'm level-headed. Like, in terms of competition, I'm, like, more so in competition with myself and the comp- and, and what I was before. And I feel as though people need to take that and run with it as well because you don't have to be jealous-hearted. You don't have to be jealous of this person giving this opportunity, this internship. This leadership position is all for the greater good because long time ago, I would say maybe eight years ago, there was no black organizations. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> everybody eat, you know, everybody eat. So just having that mentality would help progress a little bit more. But I feel as though I don't really think that's within Black UH, but I, it's probably that, you know, the little couple of them that think like that. But just having that support, supporting people, supporting the DJs supporting people with their own podcasts like you, you know, Mm -hmm. supporting people that's cooking. You know, we have students that have their own businesses and it's people that have their own YouTube channel. Just having that support through all because it's big that someone is doing that. And to be consistent with that, that's growth within itself. Overall, it's just bigger than us as we think about it as well.
0: Right. And like a, a girl that I recorded in a previous episode, she said that we have to learn to start networking horizontally, right? And not just looking at the top and thinking like, oh, I need, that's who I need to talk to. And I really like that. And I like that for what you just said, because there are so many people that are doing so many things on campus and within Black UH that once we start paying attention to each other and start looking out for another one another start promoting each other like you can get the things that you need or somebody else is going to know something that you might need a little help with you know what I'm saying so I feel like once all that comes together at our school and with the changes that you're making a lot of changes will start happening around campus. A lot of people will start supporting each other more around campus.
1: For sure. And I think it comes with the events as well. So, and, and especially that brings more networking too as well. And not just being, I'm being too good, you know, to say hi to someone or to support because having that mentality of everybody eats. And a big thing as well is what's really gonna, after we finish all this COVID-19 things, mm-hmm. right, what I've learned too, because I, I was I was having old team training And there was an executive director that came in and spoke to us to give us high hope to make us know we're going into because now it's virtual now to just getting us in that mindset of things will change. He said that it's separation season. You have the the student athlete that are working, working, working real hard during this quarantine that's going to separate the student athletes from the other type of athlete that just set set on their behind. The skill level is going to be different. And then also this you can diversify it to anything else in terms of like uh, professional development. You know, pitting your mind into those books and things of that sort studying seeing what, it, what it's going to look like once we get away from this quarantine and reach back to normalcy. Right. So that that's that's a big thing too. Just progression while we're in isolation right now.
0: I think that that's what is that's what it's really about and like I've mentioned too. I'm I've mentioned in previous Episodes just how clear my mind has been within the quarantine, and I know that the change has definitely been hard to adapt to for some. I mean, for a lot, taking all online classes, you know, at our university, it's not easy. I promise it's not easy. And just speaking for my one class that I'm in this semester, I'm like, my professor's giving us way more work than I know we would have had if we just were still in school, you know what I'm saying? And so, adapting to that is, is definitely a big change, but I do think. And I do agree with you on on progression. And I do think that if people are willing to come up with their ideas and working on themselves, whenever we do get out of this, it can be a very positive effect.
1: For sure. For sure. Well, definitely.
0: And last thing I want to say is as far as it comes to branding and as far as it comes to making sure that people show up to different events, what do you think can really help that?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Now, and I would say in one area of events, it's educational events. It's hard to get students out to those type of events because, I mean, OK, so down to the science of things. So sometimes when these organizations have these educational events, they're sometimes promoted a week of. Mm-hmm. And that's not strategically smart. In terms of marketing, because that word getting that word, I was gonna take longer than a week, you know. Right. So that's that's the disconnection there. But with the educ, I was I'm gonna talk about the educational events. This sort of a disconnect with that because it's like low engagement coming out to those. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to help with that is to promote higher, like way before a week, probably a month in advance, and actually explaining it what this event entails and what you're willing to get, what was gonna come out of it. I feel as though when you have that, people should be receptive to coming to them because, I mean, and it also depends on the topic. There's certain certain topics that people are just not interested into. You're just going to have to accept that. So you're going to get low engagement, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes in any type of event if people are not really interested. It all depends on how you explain it. Um If you have a confusing type of an event, do a video along with it to explain it. Have a synopsis ready for them to go more into depth. Be more strategic with the marketing strategy and making sure you look at your audience as well. I mean, with SGA events, as I said, it was a disconnect with like um, Black U A and knowing that certain events are like, like certain meetings are open. That was a business disconnection. So I just having that communication there. So these people should be added onto newsletters. Things of that sort, that network needs to open, open a little bit more. Even having probably a organization, a UH organizational conference with all the student leaders, having all the student leaders in one room networking. So as the year as the year comes, boom, let's oh, you know how to get this initiative? Let's go seek, just go speak to SJ. It's a lot of centers that can get this to happen, and um, it can go to programs as well, urban urban experience program, Metro, metropolitan volunteer program for community service opportunities. Just opening that, opening that field, you know.
0: That's what I was about to say, because I know for me, I couldn't tell you anybody that was on SGA. I couldn't tell you when they had a meeting. And of mm-hmm. course, we receive newsletters probably, but there's so much mail that's coming from the university that it's like, how am I going to separate that information so that I know it that is. I can go to that event versus all the other like spam mail that we're getting from the university.
1: Yes, you get it too because how you're going to market to one audience may not be how you're going to market to another audience because like it's different. Like even with, I want to say, yeah, just working with Black UH, we promote on our timeline on Twitter. Twitter is more, is more heavy for us. Mm -hmm. So we're tweeting. We have certain times for tweeting and um, it's just a whole different type of, a whole different type of community on Twitter. So with other organizations, it's going to be different. Like with programs they're not going to promote the same way because they're not going to promote at seven because that's when executives leave their office. They leave at five o'clock. That's when the business day ends. So they're not going to be tweeting. So it's more so email bait. You know, it varies across the field. It's just being adaptable though. I think if you're adaptable and understanding those different types of audiences and willing to work with them, then I don't see it being a problem in the future.
0: Right. And I think that's where you're really going to come into play and you're really going to make a difference because you're seeing all the ends and outs of things. You see how the Black community operates. You know what appeals to us. You know what's probably not going to get us. So I think you being in the position that you're in is going to make an exceptional change with how things happen, how much community involvement we're going to start getting in other places, not just when it comes to the partying scene and stuff like that, but when it really comes to the educational side of things, because there's a lot of people in Black UH that have great minors that are in great things, you know, NABJ for instance, because I'm in it and I know students that are in it, the National Association for Black Journalists. So I know that everything is going to take time and everybody will have to learn how to start networking so that we can continue to lift each other up. But at the end of the day, I think you being in this position, learning ins and outs, being able to share that with Black UH is going to make an exceptional change at the
1: end of the day. Well, definitely. And those was really, thank you for even saying that because that just gives me motivation to keep going. Yeah. And I know it's going to be, a it's going to be a process for sure. It's going to be a process. Like this is, this you know, I, my grandma always says the house isn't built in a day. You know, right. it's going it's right. to take a prop, it's going to take a, it's going to be a process. And um, we can't change unless we change ourselves as well. So me being adept when these fields already changed and being a chameleon. So now we just got to wait for everyone else to, you know, follow, follow follow suit, you know.
0: Absolutely. And I want you to know that I'm going to be supporting you. I'm about to graduate without my my little May graduation. But
1: congratulations. Uh, thank That's you. A, people have to understand. Yeah. This is this is history. Right. People don't notice that like every time you graduate it's a it's historic, you know? It's really you're <laughs> compared to what it was years ago. Compared to what it is now, people can't even finish college. And there's certain factors within that as well, you know? Not to talk down anybody that's not finishing, but some people can't finish because of mental health issues, money, things of that sort. But, you know, it's it's really tough. And that's just historic in itself, you know? So yeah. congratulations with you on that. That's big. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a big accomplishment. That's big.
0: I appreciate that. And being Black, being at a PWI, like I say, I always walk around Houston and I have on my UH gear and then there's always people that stop me. Why you didn't go to TSU? You know, why are you at UH? And I'm like, (laughs) UH offered me a scholarship, a basketball scholarship, basketball and academic. So that's why I went to UH, you know, versus TSU. So I think once people realize it's Black people at PWIs, yes, we still know we are Black. Yes, we still know what we bring to the table. Yes, we still know our heritage, you know, all that that, that plays no role. And I I am grateful to be graduating from the University of Houston. I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. the people I've met there. And then people like you, I'm glad that I met you so that now we can spread word together and still try to make changes, whether I'm there or not.
1: Well, definitely. definitely. And, and, and
0: this, this podcast is for people that go to UH. I hope that y'all are listening so that y'all are learning extra stuff as well, but to people that are grown and people that are trying to go to college, they're Black organizations on campus that do a lot for the community. So if you can, please get involved. And people that are at UH, you see Kenneth now, you see what position he's in. If you have any issues or any thoughts about something, come to him. He's inside. Literally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a big thing too is now this like I would say my come up into the organizational life it was different. But also knowing that you don't have to and this is what I'm gonna talk about on Ken Goes Live when we do go live again. Okay. Make sure I put on there. But you don't have to join like my come up was different. I, w- I had interest in different types of organizations. I'm Nigerian, so I joined African Student Union. I was, I'm, I'm a professional man. You know, I'm a man of action, so I joined Collegiate 100. I'm all about proactive proactiveness and being proud of your blackness. So I joined NLACP. <laughs> and I think it's also important I mean, you don't have to join a lot of organizations just to make a difference on campus. It's some leaders that, it's some people that are just coming in now and they're doing things outside of, or they're making more impact than an organization has made in probably two years. So that's a big thing too. I, just, I was gonna just say that so people can leave with that just so they can know um, as well. But don't let that deter you from, you know, don't you don't have to join everything, but you know, to have your balance, have your niche. Right. And, uh, yeah, believe in yourself too. Not to sound cliche, but it's real. It's a fact. Believe in yourself. You believe in yourself, things will follow.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the grace of God, anything is possible. Amen. (laughs) But thank you, Kenneth, for stopping by on the show. I really, truly appreciate you. I appreciate this talk. I think what you're doing is great, like I continue to say. And I will be watching you, watching your changes. And I hope that people really understand how big of an accomplishment it is for you to be a Black senator at the University of Houston.
1: Most definitely. And thank you so much, Dorian. We're we, we, we going we we to get into to a lot of things, you know? <laughs> it was great to be on my... This is actually my um the first podcast that I did with someone. Uh-huh. That's great. That's like, I, look, I'm putting that on my list.
0: <laughs> I things
1: that I, I never thought I'd be able to do. Hats off to you. You're doing great things. And um we're going to be watching each other. And we're just going to continue to grow. We're going to level up and level up and level up even more.
0: Absolutely. 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 And- Thank you all for listening to another episode of Off the Court with Dorian. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Dorian Branch for extra information regarding the show and just a little step into my life. One last thing to remember, what God has for you is for you and no man can take that away from you. Bye.